Philippians chapter 1 tonight. Let me try to complete the sermon I began this morning. One thing about having little health issues, you don't preach as long as you used to be. And uh, Brother Paul said, be careful, don't get too excited. You may go longer than you was before. But I usually look at the clock. And by the time I look at the clock, it's about time to quit. I'm out of breath anyhow. So uh, I'm sure the sermon will be brief. I hope to the point, And you'll follow along with us. Philippians chapter 1, let's stand together if you could for the reading of the Word of God. Let's read verse 23 and then also, or verse 21 and verse 27. If you are there, would you say amen? amen? Verse 21, chapter 1 of the book of Philippians. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Verse 27. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come to see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. I want to talk for just a few moments on striving together. We're not talking about fighting each other. We're talking about in the same team, hooked up to the same coach, hooked up to the cause of Christ, the gospel, and being able to do something effectively for the cause of Christ in our generation. I am mindful tonight. Go ahead and be seated if you want to. I know you get tired of me just rattling on for just a few minutes. The older I get, the more I'm conscious of the fact that I am a mortal being. And the second thing I think of, I've done so little for the cause of Christ. You look back at your life and you said, I should have done far more than I done. I did. And so oftentimes you miss the boat in doing all that you should be doing while you're going through. And then sometimes you have some regrets. I would have done more. I mentioned the other night about some of the great saints of God, like Dr. Lee Robinson, the great man of God. When he got up to speak, you knew he was there. You knew he, he had a, one of boisterous voices. And uh, he would preach on, have faith in God. Just have faith in God. He said, we can make it. We can have faith in God. On his dying bread, bed, they asked him what he would like to have more of. Before he goes out to meet God, he said, I wish I had more faith in God. I wish I had more faith in God. Lee, Brother Curtis Hudson, after the sword of the Lord, was dying of prostate cancer years ago. And several men met with him and he talked for a while. And he looked over at him <clears throat> and he said, I'm getting ready to meet God. And I feel like I've done so little for the cause of Christ. Sometimes people judge your life and they look at you and say, well, you've accomplished this, you've accomplished that. But in the scheme of things, we've not accomplished very much at all. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. should be a tremendous goal and should be the purpose of all of our lives. And may God help us that we will endeavor to do the very best we can for the cause of Christ. Father, bless the message tonight. We give you praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name, for his sake we pray. Amen. First of all, point number one. Striving together, we've got to strive together in what we stand for. Go back to chapter 1, verse 27. Let your conversation, that word means manner of life or citizenship. Let your conversation, not just your mouth, but everything that comes out of the heart comes out the mouth. So what you really are, your conversation, your manner of life, or some say your citizenship. I'm a citizen of two countries. I'm a citizen of America, and I'm proud to be an American. And I'm doubly proud that hopefully we're standing with Israel in these days of war that's affecting the whole world. As we look at it, we see the globe and see all of the folks that are against God or against Israel. And all those that are pro-Israelite and those that are pro-not 
for the other side, it's not a physical battle of sometimes of just fighting with machine guns and and uh, machinery and hand-to-hand -hand combat, and all that's involved in war. And we understand that. We've been through war after war after war uh, down through the history of our country. But I want to stand for what's right, even if I had to go fight on the foreign land somewhere. How many of you, I was asking Lynn a while ago, how many of you have been in the military? Raise your hand. Several of you have been in the military. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank God for those who've been willing to serve in the military. It's a different world today than it was back years ago, and things have changed. But we ought to be willing to stand up for the cause of the Christ, cause of the country, and to be willing to say, I'm not ashamed of my country. There's a lot of things she does I don't like. There's some things I wish she wouldn't do. But I believe it's still the greatest country in all the world, and that's America. When America ceases to bless Israel, she'll cease to be a great nation. God said, I will bless them that bless Israel. I will curse them that curse Israel. I want to be on the blessing side. Amen. So every day of your life right now, especially with war looming around all over the world, let's pray a special prayer for Israel, that God can accomplish His will in their life, whatever that may entail, whatever it may mean. But the Christian life, all of us ought to be involved in it. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Let your conversation, your manner of life, or your citizenship be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Or it ought to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. The good news, the gospel death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to give you two thoughts tonight before we go to the house, the Lord willing. Stand with a godly character in your life. Verse 27. He says, whether I'm there or not there, I want you to stand. He said, I want to hear about your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit. I want you to be able to say with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. In essence, your character is important. Let's talk about character for just a few moments. You say, well, that person sure is a character. Now, what you mean by that, I don't know. But you say, that, that girl, she's really a character. And maybe it's a compliment or it could be an insult. But when I'm talking about character, it's what you are when nobody else sees you. What you are in the dark is what you are. Remember what's in the well that come up in the bucket. Somewhere along the way, it's always revealed. Your character is important. Character is what you are. Character is what you are becoming. Character is the totality of all your life as you live the Christian life. For to me, to live is Christ. So my question to myself tonight, and I trust to your, own, your own self, is this. Am I the right kind of person? Do I have godly character? The Bible says in chapter 2, verse 15 of the same epistle of Philippians, verse 15. The Bible says that ye may be blameless and harmless. Well... That's a pretty powerful statement. That you, be, that you not be blameless, that you be blameless and harmless, the sons of God. I am a son of God. You are a son of God. I've been adopted in the family of God. I belong to the family of God, I said this morning. Without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Over 2,000 years ago, the Lord Jesus went back to heaven. Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And he said, whatsoever you do, I'll go with you all the way, even to the end of the world, in Matthew chapter 28. In Acts chapter 1, he began that what we call the ascension that I mentioned the other night. He just had hands up like this. His disciples were standing there on the Mount of Olives, and Jesus just began to go up in the air. How far do you think I can reach? That's far enough. But he went a little farther. He always goes a little farther. 
And Jesus Christ defied the law of gravitation and went up in the sky. And they said, this same Jesus, this same man you see go away, is going to come again in like manner. And one day the Lord Jesus is going to descend. He has ascended up into the heavens and sat down at the right hand of the Father. And one day he's going to come back and descend in the clouds of glory and call us up in the rapture to take us home to glory and await all the things that's going to happen after that. But in the meantime, he went up to heaven to represent me there. I have one intercessor. His name is Jesus Christ. He sat down at the right hand of the Father in heaven. He ever intercedes for me. He's my mediator. I have one mediator, one mediator between God and man. That's the man, Christ Jesus. So he's representing me up there. How many of you don't have to raise your hand? How many have stumbled and fallen along the way in the Christian life? Many of us can say amen to that. We, he's our intercessor. He can turn to the Father and say, that's one of my, that's one of my believers. That's one that believed him and trusted me as Savior. Lord, forgive him for Christ's sake. Forgive him for my sake. Forgive him for the gospel's sake. Forgive him because of the blood's sake. And Jesus is interceding for me. When the devil comes and accuses us before him, the devil comes before the Lord in a sin and says, look what he did. Look what she did. Look what she said. Look how she acted. She, look, she, she didn't represent you well. She was not blameless or harmless, or he was not. Look at how they acted and how they reacted. And look how they caused harm to the very gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen very carefully. There will be some people who will go to hell because they stumbled over Christians. Because our character doesn't mess up with our life. Our character sometimes seems to be opposite. If he represents me there, I represent him here. If he represents me before the Father, I represent him before the world, that Christ is all in all, and the gospel which set me free and set you free is so important in our life. And yet our character is so important to our testimony. Is your word your bond? What are you in the night when nobody else knows? What are you by yourself when you're tempted and to do something you ought not to do? How do you react? How do I react? What you are in the dark and what you are when nobody else is looking is what you really are. But then that character is going to be revealed in your life. The Lord left us here to be lights, if I understand that scripture correctly. In verse 15, he said, I want you to be lights in this world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He said, I want ye to be lights into the world. I am a reflector of Jesus Christ, and so are you. He is the one we call the Son of God, who radiates the great light of God. He said, I am the light of the world. And then he told his disciples that they were the lights of the world. As the moon gets its light reflection from the sun and shines at night, when it gets dark, the, the moon shines brighter. The darker it gets, the moon shines very bright. Oftentimes you go outside during the evening hours and there's a great big moon up there. That pretty moon up there is no stopping place for me. My ticket reads far above all of that. But I see that beautiful moon reflecting in the sky. There's something about that. God put it there. He said, I want you to be reminded every time you see the moon that the moon is a reflector of the sun. Every time somebody sees a Christian, it is a reflector of Jesus Christ. Now I'll be honest with you. How would it measure up in your life today or my life how would I measure up in people's minds? They say things like this. If that's a Christian, the woods are full of them. I've heard that a number of times. Well, I don't know if that's a, they take it as an insult, but I hope the woods are full of them. If I believe there's God-fearing, God-loving people that are Christians and want to do right. Not all the time, but would there be enough evidence to convict you in the court of law if you were arrested for being a Christian? Would there be enough evidence to convict you, me, you, do I represent the Lord Jesus Christ the very best way I know how? 
Do I have to confess to him regularly? I'm sure all of us do. I'll bring you back up here so I can hold on so I won't fall down, make an impression. But living the Christian life in front of other folks, not for show, because you're not trying to be full of pride except to be proud of Jesus, but you want to live a Christian life that others can see Christ in you, the hope of glory. I say this often about my daddy when he died. He died at age 57, and I kissed him goodbye there at the, at the funeral home before we went to the service. And my dad was a preacher since he was 13, 14 years of age and uh, died at age 57. And my daddy was a Christian man. He was a great preacher, but he was a great Christian man. He was not perfect and living in the house. You always see the faults of your loved ones. I saw him get mad a few times. I saw him take his belt off and whoop some of my brothers sometimes. Sometimes I saw him take his belt off and whip me sometimes. I was the best one in the family. I don't know how. I didn't get too many whippings compared to other folks in the family. Roger, if you're listening, just listen up. And Roger got his share of whippings. And Dad sometimes overreacted. The old timers used to whip somebody. They took a razor strap or a belt and tanned your hide. You ever heard that? How many ever got whipped by a razor, razor blade? I'm not a razor blade. <laughs> a razor strap. How many got whipped by a belt? How many got whipped by your hand? Who would you rather have whip you, your mother or your daddy? Mama, mama, all the time, mama. She says James Marvin. When she said James Marvin, business picked up. She usually called me James, but when she was angry at me, she said, James Marvin, go out there and get me a peach limb. And you've heard me tell the story long enough over the years. I'd go out to get a peach limb, and I would get the longest one I could. I don't want one of them little short things, because they sting. They can pow, 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 pow. It's like a 38 special, pow, 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 pow. But when you go in them long switches, and mama says, stand still, and she puts your hand on you, then you start your dance. Did you follow me? Stand still, stand still. She's going around and around like that, trying to spank you. And uh, what I've learned very quickly, the closer I could get to mama, the less it hurt. She just couldn't whip me hard because of that. I was close to her. And sometimes I've got to get close to God, and it may not hurt as much as I think it's going to hurt, but I think it hurts less if I can get close to God quick. Lord, Lord, it's me again. And the righteous man falls seven times. He gets back up again. And that's God helping him get back on his feet and say, by the grace of God, I don't want to disappoint God. I don't want to hurt my Savior. I don't want to be an ill testimony. I want to be blameless and harmless and serve as a light, a reflector of the Lord Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world that they can see Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen. And sometimes in my life I get so ashamed and i got to go back and confess. But I'm glad the Lord wants us to be on duty all the time, 24-7. So whether I got whipped by my mother or my daddy, my daddy was a Christian man and I said this and kissed him goodbye, or farewell at least in the, in the, in the casket. Dad, I love you. I'll see you in glory. And I walked away and then I walked back. And I said, Thanks for telling me about Jesus. I'm glad my daddy was not ashamed of Jesus. I'm glad he was willing to testify, preach anywhere. And several years ago, back when it wasn't maybe too popular, my dad went to Washington, D.C. He said, if I ever get to Washington, D.C., he said, I want to do one thing when I get there. I want to go to the Capitol, and I want to sing Amazing Grace on the steps of the Capitol. And so he was able there with another friend of his. They stood there back in the 50s, I guess it was, in Washington, D.C., and on the, on the Capitol steps, Two old codgers from West Virginia, two old preachers standing there together, locking hands. Amazing grace, 
How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. They were on tune, I wasn't. But I'm glad they could sing it because it was free country to do so. And somebody look at it sort of odd now getting up there singing Amazing Grace. You sing some old rock song or some filthy song, some country western song, and folks will applaud you to death. You get up and sing Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so. They say, what kind of crank is that? What kind of oddball is that? Don't ever, don't ever, don't ever, don't ever be ashamed of Jesus Christ. He was not ashamed of you when they stripped him naked on the cross, took his clothes off before they crucified him, put a robe back on him. But they're in a shameful state on the cross of Calvary. Jesus Christ died, and they died for you and died for me. He was not ashamed of me. He was not ashamed of my bearing my sins. He was not ashamed to say, I want to be your Savior. I love you, and I'm dying for you. And if he was not ashamed of me, may God help me not to be ashamed of him. To God be the glory. Great things he had done in our lives. Just to say, I want to testify for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be a light for him. Our character is a vital part of our testimony. What kind of Christian are you? We should walk worthy of the vocation if we're in recalled Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I'm talking about being a full-time Christian. There's 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week. I'm talking about being a Christian seven days a week, 24 hours every day. You're on display. Where you work, where you labor in your family, they're watching your life. You'd be surprised who's watching you. Now, they like to see preachers fall, and they like to see deacons fall because of the influence they have. I say they talk about the devil and the demons of hell and those who don't like Christianity. They like it when the rumors start flying. They like it when the preachers get messed up or some deacons run off somebody else's wife or so forth. They give, just give you a little notice. If you ever hear that I ran off with a deacon's wife or another preacher's wife, you get your quarter and you call me. And if you hear I run off with a queer, you save your corner. <laughs> the fact is, ladies and gentlemen, I want my testimony count for God. I have one. I want to have one. We're not perfect. And the sooner you can make things right, you make them right. If you're cold and indifferent and other folks will watch you say, boy, what's wrong with them? Or they, they claim to be a Christian. They're the most miserable person I've ever met in my life. That's sad commentary. Sometimes I get sad. Sometimes I get low. Sometimes I get depressed, and all of us do. But we've got to rise back out of that, the valley of depression. We've got to come back out of that. He is the lily of the valley. And the Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they cover me. We need to be able to rise back up. How? By trusting in the Lord, Reaching up to him and he can reach farther down than you can reach up. And you reach up to him and he can pull you out of the depression and help you to go forward in the cause of Christ. Why? Because somebody's life at stake and somebody's going to watch your life or my life and stumble into hell. I don't want anybody to face the judgment that said I would have become a Christian had it not been for James Marvin Pauley. I want to make that right if I can make it right now. I don't want that to be on my ledger, ledger side. I know I'm saved. I know I go to heaven regardless. But the fact is, I don't want anybody else to stumble over hell, stumble over my testimony and go to hell. 24-7, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 365 days, 366 days in leap year. Whatever the cycle of life may be, I have a lifestyle that ought to be becoming of a Christian. You say, well, I don't act like a Christian. Well, start acting like one. You say, well, I don't know how to act like a Christian. Get in a book and find out how the Christian is supposed to walk and talk. 
your character comes by your walk, your talk, your acts of life come out in your character. What's your, and if you're talking, I'll illustrate to make, maybe get a little point across a little better. If you work on a job, and uh, I know Kenny does construction work, at least he's there. I don't know if he does much work or not, but he's there. Sue probably works harder than he does, right, Mr. Sue? That's what I thought, yeah. But let's just say that Kenny was on the job and maybe he let a word slip. Maybe it was a pretty good curse word. And that can happen to a Christian. How many times have you, how many times you cussed since you got saved? How many has cussed since you got saved? Okay, God bless you. How many cussed today? Nobody. Praise the Lord. At least we're making progress. But Kenny cussed in front of somebody. He's a professed believer. He goes to Faith Baptist Church, sings in the choir, works in children's church, and he's an active member of our church. And this guy heard him cuss. Very quickly, if he's walking with God, what's going to happen? He's going to, have to apologize very quickly to the guy who heard him cuss. You say, well, why, why does he do that? Because Ken's testimony is on the line. They know we're human. They know we'll fall. When you apologize for cussing when you shouldn't have cussed, I'm sorry I said what I said. Please forgive me. You say, well, that'll make me look low and look like not important in their eyes. No, it made you a giant in their eyes, and they won't admit it. It takes grace to ask for an apology when you've done something like that because your character is on the line. You say, I don't care what anybody thinks. I say what I want to say. I say it where I want to say it, when I want to say it, how I want to say it, and nobody's going to tell me how to do it, even the Lord. Don't we want to be like him? Can you imagine the Lord coming out with a big sign Riding a horse, this is Marlboro country. Quit smoking those Marlboro cigarettes. They still make those games. Quit smoking Lucky Strikes in Chesterfields. Get rid of your dipstick and... Dipstick? No, not dipstick. Get rid of your dip can, can of dip and snuff. Down in Alabama, it's big to dip snuff. About every woman in church, especially the older ladies, dip snuff. That'd be some of the ugliest sights I've ever seen in my life as a young boy. They'd have... They, how you knew they were balanced, it would always come down even on both sides. And one lady, she could take, she take, if some of you all might be guilty, look at this, this is how they did it. They scoop. I'll get you, Chris. I'll get you right between the eyes. Here it comes. <laughs> they could shoot that stuff 20 feet. And sometimes they'd have a can over the corner, see if it could ring the can. That's God, Jesus Christ, that's all right. You're going to go to heaven. Tip and snuff. Maybe you'll go to heaven. That's how we'll keep you out of heaven. But the fact is, don't you think you'd be a better Christian? Maybe if we lay aside some things that just don't look good as a Christian. Why don't we just start walking like a Christian, talking like a Christian, dressing like a Christian, being like a Christian, be everything we ought to be. Instead of trying to look like this old hell-bound world and dress like it, act like it, smell like it, and, and try to fumigate yourself, quit acting like the world, come out from among the world and be your separate, saith the Lord, and I will receive you. And I'm glad he said it. I'm glad he meant it. And he wants us to be the best testimony we can. And if we fail, Ken, confess it to that guy and tell him to be sorry. If not, I'm going to get on you real bad. I'll find, I asked Sue if you did any confessing. She says, no, I think he cussed him back again. <laughs> I don't think Kenny would do that, but I'm just telling you if, you, if you work around people, they're watching you. You give a track one day and curse the next day, you got trouble. You got trouble. You better make it right quickly as possible. So forgive me. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. 24-7, I should live the Christian life. When you go to the restaurant, act like a Christian. I'm ashamed to go to the restaurant with some folks. Over the past years, even preachers. I mean, they'd fuss and they'd argue with the waitress. And 99% of the time when you're fussing with the waitress, it's not her fault. It's usually the cooks. Now, it may be the waitress sometime, and she may bring something to her attention. We was eating somewhere yesterday, and 
got to talk with this young lady, and her name, her name means lots of promises. That's what her name means. I said, what's your name? Lots of promises. I said, wonderful name. And we chatted for a while, and she had a good smile, and I got a track out that carried regularly, regularly, and I said, I want you to have this track, and I want you to see that God loves you, and we'd love to have you come to our church. You live in the area. We'd love to have you come. If you're not a Christian, would you, or you need to know the Lord Jesus, she says, I am. And she took the track willingly. It's got a picture of me on the back, and I usually tell folks, see that picture on the back? You can put that in your garden and keep the crows away. Because I don't want them to think I'm trying to push Jesus and pushing me and pushing Jesus. It's just so my pictures on there. That doesn't matter to me one way or the other. But the fact is, I want to be pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't want to fuss at her and get mad at her because of something she may have done. Maybe she had an accident. Did somebody make a mistake in the choir a while ago? Who, who was that? Who? It does my illustration. <laughs> it was you. What, well, I wasn't criticizing her because I, I make so many mistakes. I just jump right in there. But uh, she may have had a bad day. She may have been a single parent who's trying to raise some kids. What happened over there now? Well, hallelujah for confessions. God got a hold of your heart and you confessed it. It was Miss Lewis. It doesn't matter who it is. I just I agree with you. Thank the Lord you dropped something. About time. <laughs> Every once in a while, it's just good for people who are so efficient to make mistakes. Amen? We're all perfect. We make mistakes. I thought the, somebody passed out in the choir. I wasn't sure what it was. And was Nancy doing this, and somebody screamed. And I thought they. And then it's Miss Lewis. Miss Lewis, thank you for your confession of the soul. Confession is good for the soul. I believe the Lord's going to bless you twice this week. So don't fall down. But character is important. I need to confess my sins to God. I need to confess my ways to those around me. I'm sorry. I think it goes a long way in living the Christian life. Character is what you are on the inside, not on the outside. You can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool God all the time. You can't fool Him any time. He knows what we are. He knows what we do. We should walk worthy of the vocation when we're called. In your business dealings, oh, sometimes we do things we ought not to do. Our relationships and our activities that do they reflect Christ? How do we act in front of people? How do we act in front of those who wait on us at tables? How do we act in front of our doctors and nurses? How do we act in the front of people getting gas or talking at the gas pump? How do we act? You'd be surprised that people may know you and they're watching you. And sometimes they'll even walk over and say, don't I know you? And I, if I've done something stupid right there, I don't want to say no. I don't think so. But I said, well, I told, I told my name. They said, the guy told me today, he said, I know you. And I said, well, you do? And he said, yeah, I know who you are. And I said, well, I am. And I introduced myself to him, and he introduced himself back to me. And he was a preacher in town. And I didn't know he was a preacher. I didn't, and the first time I really met him, he shook his hand. But he said, I know who you are. And I pumped the gas. I got through pumping the gas and got through and left, left the parking lot. I'm so glad I wasn't throwing one of those poly fits. I'm glad I wasn't embarrassing to my Lord Jesus. You say, preacher, that's no big deal. It is a big deal because one soul could stumble off the precipice of eternity and lift their eyes up in the region of the damned and be lost forever because we have an attitude that we won't be recipients of the grace of God. Lord, you represent me there. I'll represent you here. And all over the world, try to be the very best we can. Amen. And when we falter and fail, pick, pick up yourself and do it again. The best, the best you can for the cause of Christ. The second word I'm through, there's the word character then there's the word consistency. In verse 27, back to chapter 1. He says, whether I'm there or not there, I want to hear of your affairs. I want you to be consistent. One of the most difficult things in living the Christian life is being consistent. 
I can preach to you about having a good attitude and you can have a bad attitude. I can preach to you about doing certain things and I may be guilty of doing the very same thing before the day's over. If that's the case, I've got to get my act together. I can't be inconsistent. It eats away your conscience. It eats away the very fabric of your soul. To say you're one thing and doing another thing, may God help us tonight. It is important and privileged to be able to be a part of the conversation, a part of the citizenship, a part of the manner of life. That means I'm in another kingdom. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. I am a citizen and I should take pride in the fact that I'm in the citizen of the kingdom of God and the Lord Jesus is my wonderful Savior, my wonderful friend. He's my Lord and He's my God. But it's important that we have a realization of the privilege of just being a part of the family of God. You ever seen anybody, what do they call that, uh, I can't always pronounce it, a chameleon? Is that the way it's pronounced? They, they sort of blend in with anything and everything. They, the animal has an ability to just blend in, and you can't even you can't blend in with the atmosphere. And sometimes folks are like that. They blend in with the world. When they're with the unsaved people, they act like unsaved people. When they're with the saved people, they act like the saved people. And you may not know the difference, but somebody's watching their life. I'd rather be a Christian making mistakes, confessing them that I'm sorry and asking for their forgiveness than to go through my life with somebody looking at me and saying, that's not genuine. I go back to my daddy and I'm through. I said this after Dad died and I kissed him goodbye and said, Dad, I'm meeting glory. Thanks for being an example to me. Thank you for your integrity. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your truthfulness. Thank you for having influence on my life. I have one goal in life as, as it relates to my family, other than knowing all of them are saved and on their way to heaven. I trust that's the reality. When my day comes, it may not be too far off down the road. I may live to be 100. I may not live to be 78. But somewhere along the way, I'm going to live and breathe my last breath and die. I know that. I'm more conscious of it than I've ever been before, as I said this morning, as I live my daily life. I'm more conscious death is just around the corner. I watched the funeral of the good friend of mine who was a real friend. I wish I could went to the funeral. But Ken Walters, who preached here a couple of years ago in a missions conference out of Rock Hill, South Carolina. I talked, saw him the other day. We chatted for a while. And always encouraging, always encouraging, always trying to be a blessing and, and prayer warrior for you. But at age, age 80, I watched his funeral. I watched the testimonies that came to the platform. I watched his family, what they said about him. It was amazing when just about all the grandchildren said something, and those that didn't say anything, they all got together at the pulpit, and all of his grandchildren sang a gospel song in honor of the granddaddy. That was a joy to watch. Would it be good if our families would come down to die? They could say, well, I know he wasn't perfect. I know she wasn't perfect. But if there ever was a person who lived a Christian life, that person did. When I die, when my time comes, if the rapture don't come, and uh, I breathe my last breath, testimony. I hope I can come to the end of my journey and be able to face the Lord yet with some regrets that I've had because I've not done everything I should have done over the years, but to face the eternal God, my wonderful Savior, face to face, I shall behold Him. What a day that'll be. But when I look on myself now, I want my boy to come by. I want my family, grandkids, as they grow older, to come by. And if they understand this statement, there lies a man of God. That's worth all of the preaching and all the teaching and all the laboring and what little I've done over this lifetime to know that somebody would say, there lies a man of God. I was able to say it about my mother. I was able to say it about my daddy. And I hope somebody in my family says it about me. Don't you think that's sort of pride? No, I hope I've influenced my family enough to say without any prodding, there lies a man of God. And Enoch was not, for God took him. He walked by faith. And one day he's going to take us 
And what any left behind is what I want to leave behind. I leave a testimony behind that I walked with God. I hope you feel the same way tonight. If you're out of fellowship with God, it's a good time to get right with the Lord. If you need to surrender your life to God, surrender yourself to God. If you're here and you're not saved, come and make this altar a place of prayer and somebody pray with you, show you how to be saved. Character and consistency. Paul said, for to me to live is Christ, who had great character, was perfect, who had great consistency. He never made a mistake. He wants us to be like him. May never reach it in this life. We keep striving together to be effective for God, striving together, loving each other, walking with each other, serving each other, getting in the battle together, getting in the yoke together, and serving the Lord until Jesus comes and catches us away by the way of the rapture or by the way of death. Let's stand together, please. Father, thank you for the privilege. preach. Thank you for the privilege to represent you now for these many, many years since I was just a kid. And those years later in teenage years when I dedicated my life to you at age 16 and Lord at age 18 when I surrendered everything I was and everything I ever hoped to be to the will of God. Lord, thank you for being patient with me. Thank you for your faithfulness to me. And I believe others in this room feel the same way toward their own life. And God, you've been so faithful to us. Help us to represent you better. If ever there needs to be a testimony for the cause of Christ, may it be now. And Lord, even though we're frail and sometimes do make those mistakes, help us to be honest with you, honest with others, and walk in our integrity, as you told us to in the book of Proverbs and the book of Psalms several times, to walk in thine integrity. Help us to walk right. Help us to talk right. Help us to be right. Help us to be a blessing to others. And through our life and lips, we can bring them to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless the invitation.